capital city of the United States of America, Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to your blackest hour, your blackest hour on the net. I'm your co-host, Mr. Brown. And I'm KP. And I'm JB. I'm like, are you still eating? We about to get started. But as soon as you heard that music, but you know, y'all, didn't run, y'all didn't run the full. You didn't run the full music. Normally, it runs for a little bit longer. <laughs> no, I did. I ran it all the way to the. To the if not, I have to go back and insert it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's another day. Okay. It's eight o'clock. We're starting on time. Look no, at God. Look at God. Look at God. Man. And whatever JB believes in. Yes, yes. Black Jesus. Right. Black Jesus is look at God. Yeah. <laughs> and like look at God and JB. Because <laughs> they on the same level. Yes. According oh, to God. her. Oh goodness gracious. Y'all I'm starting early. I am starting early. Man, but it's happy to see y'all one more time to talk uh another another thing of being black in America. Another Tuesday. Another, Another Tuesday. Seven, Another Tuesday, and somehow Trump is still president. Hey. I think that's a good, <laughs> I, I think that's a really good conversation starter. Like, one, follow us on Twitter, your black is out. Follow us on Instagram. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. You about to, yeah. Damn. <laughs> I blew it. Follow us on Instagram, your black is out. And always check out new fresh content on yourblackasshour.com. Anyways, I you know I you know we do the little running show outlines and agendas, and you know some weeks are more, more robust than others. And I feel like this week was a really slow week. I don't think it was. Uh, well, I don't think it was slow because a lot of things that uh, white people are doing are going to affect our lives so dramatically. So it's kind of like. Hmm, I'm just gonna sit back and see what the hell they talking about, what they doing around these airports, and then figure it out from there and make my judgment and, and plan my next move. And I know we gotta play this shit like a chess game. You gotta be several moves ahead, but these I don't think we playing the, the damn same game right now. I don't know what these people are doing right now, bro. So the question I wanted to pose to to you, JB and, and Mr. Brown, is do black people really care? about all this Russian stuff and all this investigation. Cause I'm, I'm kind of like, well, I'm, I don't feel like following it. I don't have, I don't think white people are going to admit that they did the country a disservice by electing, electing the president. So I don't really follow any of this, uh, impeachment, Russia hearings, all this other stuff. And it's probably a really big deal. Very big deal. So just getting y'all thoughts and on it, because I have no, because I don't <laughs> so, care. So this is my thing, and I hate the FBI and the CIA. They have systemically, historically fucked over black and brown places and in, in, in countries, including black neighborhoods, right? So it's such a bitter pill to see Donald Trump, our president, the president who is taking the FBI to task 
for their meddling and, and everything of that nature and they're having an, an obvious political stance. Um, it's a bitter pill that it's Donald Trump. I don't think that he's on the right side of this, but the FBI has been for so fucking long in the CIA for so fucking long enemies of black people in the black state and brown. You know what I mean? They go, they they topple governments, they uh you know, they infiltrate black neighborhoods, push cocaine and crack through those neighborhoods and uh, assault rifles. I don't know no black person that can make a Alexander Krishna call. You know what I mean? I just just don't fucking know those people. Oh, so I had to, I had to think in my head. Like, uh, AK 47. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Use a real name. 47. Look yeah. at you. But so it's not educated. It's just we're so lucky to have such an educated, <laughs> educated person on our show. I am god damn. So, okay, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so the, <laughs> I just, I'm glad that the FBI is getting taken down a peg because fuck them. But the fact that Donald Trump gets to do it and that he's doing it for his own political gain and not because he obviously sees the plight that they impose on black and brown people in countries is my problem. Oh, follow up my perspective on it. I'm really following um, one to see how hypocritical um, the Republican Party can really get, how low you can take the presidency because all these things are going to set precedences. And I'm like, holy shit, once you've done it once, everybody going to think they're going to do it because they can say, y'all let old boy do X, Y, and Z, and y'all do anything. So don't question me on the things I'm doing on my backside. Not as a black person. I'm talking about other white people who are going to be running the country okay. in, control, okay. in control of my life. Because, you know, there's always a separate set of rules for people of color. Yeah. <laughs> always. But I'm just like, oh, man, all these white people in leadership going to lose their goddamn mind. This is never going to be the same. Because we always have this, this blemish on the record. And not saying, like, George Bush wasn't wasn't great by any means, but he wasn't doing this kind of fuck shit on a on a grand public scale. What he did in private, I don't know. I don't know. He, he may have said nigga, I don't know. But it wasn't on <laughs> Man, they make George Bush look like one of the greatest <laughs> like how the this hell you elevated Right. How the hell you elevated George W. Bush, man, man. and make him likable to black people. Man, man, like black like people him. like him now because he's not like I don't know if you deal with um uh, what's a what's a compulsive liars. Compulsive liars are the worst people in the history of mankind. Just be lying for no damn reason other than be lying. And so you look and we got this compulsive liar. Not only a compulsive liar, he's a narcissist. My second least favorite people in the world. Compulsive lie, narcissist. Oh, and then you're a racist on top of that. But you don't even realize you're a racist. So I feel like I got to educate you. But there's no one in your circle to educate you on what's going on. So you're doing all this problematic things. And then you think you're smart than what you are. It's just so many problematic things going on. And then you did collude, even though you say you did it. And all your little friends, because they so want to be team, team Republican, who was supposed to be X, Y, and Z ain't saying shit. I'm like, yo, bro, 
like one y'all never gonna give another black person again uh to join your party like straight up like unless they like sally hemmings grandniece and they decide to stay republican or why something would you, I don't know. why would you invoke like there's so many you took you went to the black woman who was who was raped mm-hmm. like that's like mm-hmm. you, you know like mm-hmm. you could have said michael Steele. <laughs> you could have said like the dude paris one of mm-hmm. the guy paris from cnn like they do like, <laughs> You could have, uh, you said, unless you Sally him, no, uh, 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 she didn't have any control over over that, and that was the that was one of the first instances, I mean, of of sexual misconduct by a president. First, let me think, let me think. I was like one of because oh. <laughs> you, I saw this. no, you could be right. I'm just right. saying, like, just wait, like you can let me go through my. Like I'll this is like, one of the first instances. Oh, like Thomas movement. Jefferson did say John Adams was her hermaphrodite, but I don't think that's a sexual impropriety. Thank you, history books, for what you taught me. That politics have always been dirty in America. Always been dirty. Like, no, it's not. That's not politics being dirty. That's men sexually assaulting women, and that's perverse. And the foundation of rape culture, like foundation of rape culture from people in America. So like, it's not, yeah, it's not buddy. a, it's not politics. Cause that's not supposed to be politics. Oh man. Are, are we, when we are off to a rocking start. <laughs> cause the, cause no, the blackest just, moments just, haven't even happened. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I, I think we, we can get to that, I think. But I just want to share with this, for all the black people who are following Russiagate, Jared Kushner just left, lost his clearance. Yeah, I saw that today. What that? What that mean? Yeah. Okay, so he can't look at he can't look at some classified emails. When does that stop white people from doing white people stuff? Anyways, so anytime I hear, oh, Kushner lost his classification and all this other stuff, like, like, oh well, none of that stuff really uh, until they come out and say. Donald Trump is getting like indicted. we have this this proof. Like other than that, I just feel like we just watching. Um, and I feel like even if they get proof, they gotta protect whiteness, right? So they gotta protect the whiteness. Like they gotta protect it. Yeah. And good luck. I, I I just I'm amazed. Like, you know, you, you read about it in books, you kind of felt it, the unseen hand of it, but this is the most obvious time in my life. You know, we've been on earth only a short, short while, a short 30 something years to be like, damn, y'all going to protect your whiteness at this level for what gain? Like at the end of the day, what does it benefit you to, to you know destroy the country? Like, like, like is it power. that important? Yeah, man, yes, whiteness is power. a hell of a drug. Whiteness is a hell of a drug. Like, so shit. when you think about yeah, I mean, no, but you can what you can do is subjugate, create caste systems within poverty and racial uh, caste systems as well, and subjugate those people to your own fucking everything. Your own your privilege, your access to things. Like I mean, when you think about not to completely spiral off and spiral out, but when you think about the fact that France 
still collect rent from its colonies in Africa, including the Congo, who they obviously like assassinate their good leaders and prop them up with whatever dictators they want every time they do that. And then they collect all this money and then in order to buy the side, they collect all this rent money, right? And then to buy the science of everybody else, they subjugate the people to the point in which like, you know, the your cell phone is made of cobalt. The battery is cobalt, right? So everybody who owns a cell phone right now is bought into this white supremacist society of whatever. I digress. It's fucked up. They all prop it up. And to be honest, it's to maintain richness. And if I have a dollar, if I have a dollar that they can't have, then that means it makes them less rich. That's it. Like me having that money means they don't have it, which is how they look at privilege, how they look at the access to humanity. So they'll fuck up the whole world Man. just so that hold it. Man, I, this is the thing. I, <clears throat> this is more like a philosophical thing. And I, it makes me think, as me as a person, if I wasn't a person of color, one could identify with them when I be all built into this. But also, if I do get in a position where I have money and wealth, uh, will I be as greedy and selfish as that? Because most big black public multi-millionaires and billionaires are generally pretty giving people. They're generally trying to do stuff for the communities and get back. Most that are public that we know about. So, like, I, I don't know all of them. So, it looks like you got that look in your eyes, like, go out and check me on some facts. But most of them I know give back in some kind of way to whatever organizations that they care near and dear about. And it seems something very insidious in the culture that's manifested that I'm not going to help those around me. Even when we think about how white people describe uh, a posse or a crew when black people get rich, like especially young black people, it's like, oh, you got your mans in them coming all that, the basketball practice and all that, da 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 da. You got them coming into the games and you putting all your people on. And I was like, well, that's part of black culture. If I can, if I'm successful, my team is successful, and I'm gonna put them on as much as I possibly can. So I, so so we all raise our levels. So we no longer poverty. I'm trying to set you up with a job some way somehow. So one, you're not asking me for money, but then you can get your own money and set your, build your own stuff. But that's up. not that's not a black that's not a black people thing. That's that's why people do that too. I like, don't know if they do it on our yeah, level though. They do, they do. That's it's called generational wealth and it's trust funds yeah. and it's it's in Silicon Valley where Let me you could you could just have an yeah. idea oh, for oh, okay. And, and oh, someone's dad will give you five million dollars. This is the thing. To, to I, guess, I, I guess this thing so, that I'm, I'm missing out on. I don't see enough of those white people who have that coming from the bottom. Now we hear black people's stories that, on that public scale white, are that coming white up. White people the, don't come from the bottom. And yeah, they yeah. So why rich do, white people yeah. stay rich? Poor white people stay poor. Pit the poor white people against yeah. all yeah. all people and just say your whiteness is enough. Yeah. While we take your money. So how ironic is that that they criticize us for putting our team on when their team been on for for centuries now? They and the LeBron crew be wanting to sit courtside. Dan Gilbert's crew sitting in the press box. 
the same. It's the same shit. It is. I'm just. It's just talking about the irony. I, I don't That's think. It's, I don't think it's any irony. I think there's just. I don't think it's irony. Yeah, I, think I just think that there is a, a a prevailing theme to any time that any black person comes into any kind of wealth that could be considered generational. It's shut up and play basketball. Shut up and dribble the ball. Yep. It's I own you. And that's why I am waiting like this NCAA. So the most fascinating thing that's happened to me this week is watching the NCAA like go through these motions, right? So FBI investigation, FBI coming after white people, but only when it's tied to black athletes getting money. So like, like that's the thing. Like FBI will investigate these white people when it can potentially cause less black millionaires then the FBI wants to come for it. Because that's too many black millionaires. Like, we got this system that's creating black millionaires that are going to the NBA. So we need to topple this system because we need less black millionaires. And we, or we want them with criminal records. So, interesting Derail enough. Derail their career by the NBA, yeah. Right. So, so shout out LeVar Ball once again. Love him, hate him. I love him. And this is his time. This is his moment. I feel like this is his moment. And I was listening to uh, ESPN radio last night on the way back from hooping. And they had Mark Spears on there. And Mark Spears, a senior contributor for the undefeated. And I listened to this man trash LeVar Ball and him trying to start a league and telling black kids that you should go to the G League over a league that would pay you more, give you the same exposure, and that's owned by a black man. This is another black man. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, we can't even... They got a black man on here trashing another black man, what he's trying to do, and and actually just advocating to put more money in white people's pockets. And I was like, Mark Spears, like, you're on my shit list. Like, like you're the same person that was, like, the, the biggest cheerleader for Jamel Hill, and I was like, man, he a, he a good dude. Like, that brother loves him some black people. And then he said this. And now I question yeah. whether that brother loves him some black people. Man, but you know, it's You got to check your black card in every day. You got to check your yeah. black card in. You're right. You are so right. You are so right. Because that, that just threw me for a loop. But you know that the thing is highly insidious the way they, they being the, the white people in power, I won't even say the poor white people, but the white people in power, mm-hmm. how they made very, very conscious efforts of separating people. Uh, the playbook is so obvious of how it's hard, like mentally, they put those nuggets where we as black people don't necessarily trust a black business because it's not going to be as high quality as uh, a white business when we buy very cheap stuff from China breaks apart, but we don't question that when it's made in China, you know what I'm saying? But we don't support ours because we don't think it's going to be, we're not going to be treated as well. We're not going to be treated that's nice. When like, I ain't never treated racist at no black establishment. That's the most, bull, that's the most bullshit, self-hate yeah. bullshit that I hate when I see any post. Okay, so one, black businesses don't have the same access to capital. So you can't walk into Target you can walk into a black business and then expect to get the similar experience as a target. They don't have the resources as a target. 
Like they can't hire more people. Yeah. Like they can't. They don't have the the capital to build a staff. The the loan that they got to to start their business or the seed investment that they got is on average less than fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Now you think about all these black businesses are growing black businesses with a seed investment of less than fifty thousand dollars, and black people come in expecting, oh, because you're a black owned business, like I hate black people who don't that. understand <laughs> the entrepreneurial struggle of, of black people. Like they just want, they just want the baby. They don't understand the whole pregnancy process. The birthing process. That's a, yeah. that's a painful process. And, and they just want you to come in and be target. And I'm like, well, target is 50 years old or a hundred years old or however old target is. With, with millions of dollars of resources. So no, you're not gonna get a target. There's an expectation that that black businesses want. And, and oh, here's the other thing. I don't want none of my black businesses to measure up to white businesses. I don't want them to be like white businesses. I'm paying to go to a black business. I want a black experience. I want an authentically black experience. And if that means quote unquote bad customer service, give that to me. Cause that's an authentic oh, black shit. experience. I don't want that. I get bad customer service at white places all the time. Because I'm black, man. So I can go on and on. Man. Like y'all, y'all don't don't get me started on this. I hate when I see anybody post that junk. I I defriend people on that shit. <laughs> like I unfriend people on that. You post some bullshit like that. Uh, I'm like, can't can't we can't go to our black home businesses because the owner got. And I'm like, damn, why why you just don't contact the owner and get mediation that way? But you you you'll get bad service at Target time after time. I ain't, I haven't seen three million posts about Walmart not having enough cashiers, but but fifteen no, of posts. Long yours. lines, long lines. But fifteen Walmart. of them is you going back to Walmart fifteen times and and continually subjugating yourself to bad service, but you get bad service at one black-owned business or a perceived bad service, and now you can't you can't you can't go on go to black-owned businesses, and then and then you make the generalization. Every time I go to a black owned business, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Sorry, we can move on. Your blackest moment, nigga. Nah, <laughs> I use my. I get fired up about that. I That's know. bullshit to me. <laughs> Man, I'm going to let you calm down. JB, you want to do your blackest moment? You so my one. blackest moment, I got one, was kicking at the fact that Stacey Dash is running for Senate. She's running for a Senate seat and her fucking what? Uh, California. <laughs> in California as a as a Republican and her um constituents. She she is trying to represent areas that cover Long Beach and fucking Compton. So I hope my people show up and show out and just completely dash all her fucking dreams. Cause I hate I hate Stacey Dash. There's very Pun few intended. people in Yeah. Yes. Man, it's only it's only one black Republican I support, and I need to even hear from him a little bit more, and that's Colin freaking Powell, because he's the only one like nah nah. nah okay, nah. his name is not Colin. Colin. At all. I, I, I teach a Colin. I teach a Colin, so you know. Uh, that don't man. mean nothing. That don't mean get his man, name. No, I mess up names uh-huh. all day, every day. Colin Powell is a five star general. <laughs> One of the, the first, first ones, Republicans first to break camp and support yeah. President Obama in this 2007 yeah, it presidential bid. Sure, sure called, called President Obama a trans, trans, 
Transcendent. Yeah, transcendental. Um, yeah. Yep, mess that word up. It's and, cool. And he hates Hillary Clinton. And, and he hates Hillary Clinton. So, I'm nice. Nice. Uh, she, she, she's not a nice person. I ain't like her. I don't know too many black people that do like yeah. Hillary Clinton. And that's the, that's the other thing. Like, I know black people that work with her directly, and none of them say they have have fond words for Hillary Clinton. Well, no, she's a fucking, she's a career politician. Fuck her. Like, she's not inspiring. I want some transformative justice. No. And she's like, she's on, not to rehash it, not to rehash it, but she, she is not progressive. She only does things when it is politically dangerous for her to not do so. So she's never going to further the fucking cause. She might not set the cause back, which Donald Trump obviously is doing, but this bitch will never take a leap out and like try and she's not a leader. She will never like build buy-in. She didn't even go to Louisiana. Barack was in Louisiana every fucking trip. I got to see Barack in person twice. She was like, oh, I'm not going to Louisiana, so I'm not and that and then you have it. She felt like she can she could do less to get what a black man got because she's worth more. And she lost with her trash. I met Barack Obama once and he mushed me. So I feel some kind of way about him. You but... must have deserved that. <laughs> you let Barack mush you? Yeah, Joko mushed me, bro. Damn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> stories from the field. Wait, we yeah. need to hear this one. Hey, he's we got story time. Got... Story time with Mr. Brown. We gotta hear this one. I thought he had no, no, stop laughing. Stop laughing to tell the story. I told you, I told you the story, man. So I, 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 I was at the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation dinner. Man, I'm I'm there and Barack Obama's speaking. Like I'm happy. I'm like, oh, I get to see Brahma. Like, yo, I get to get to go there. So I'll make him away. I'm at the front of the, the shake hand line on a banister. I'm chilling. I'm like, all right. I got my hand ready. He going down the line doing that Barack Obama. Choo-choo. 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 Man, he get to me. He reaches over me, mushes my face. And, and above me, my ties all askew now and everything like that. And it's a picture. I'll, I'll share the picture on there. My tie is askew. Everyone is looking at Barack Obama, happy and smiling. And I'm looking the opposite direction like nah i'm good where michelle at i don't i don't even want to mess with him no more like i'm, I'm done with him you know he must have smelled that you went to morehouse and was like i don't fuck with no morehouse dude word was this your cashmere sweater Black Forest Gump for this shit, man. <laughs> he, said, he said, nah, homie, you date white women. The, the most respected, respectable black man ever to get elected by white people was like, nah, homie. Not you, homie. Sorry. You ain't black enough, dog. Man, he must have shit. black enough, bro. If Michelle don't trust you, I'ma shoot you. That's what he said. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's how I felt about it, man. I'ma do my blackest moment, goddammit. Go ahead, bro. Don't right. make me the button hill of jokes you, for this time. 
if I had a story that good, I'd share it too, man. I've never been mushed by another black man like, like that was that was the president of anything. One year like, you're hanging uh, with Channing Tatum, next year you get a mush by a president. You never know what life <laughs> might happen. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> so I'm uh two things. Well, I want to do an update on my blackest moment. Uh I ordered my grill. Uh, so uh, my grill is in the mail as of me. I went, I got it off of Etsy, you know, uh, got it from a uh, South no. Houston, a South Houston uh, shop and shipping. I was like, oh, it's Houston. It gotta be good. So I'm gonna get the joint with the fangs on it. It's going, uh, hopefully it comes out dope and we'll see how this, this joint works. Can so, I, wait, can <laughs> you, I you, want, you want to interject? You want to interject? What you got No, say? because like, what you people... got to say? I mean, people go to New Orleans. Like, people say, oh, I want food. I'm going to go to New Orleans. But all the food in New Orleans is not good. All right. So you went to Etsy. Uh Uh-huh. Not a website. Like, not a person who makes grills who has, like, their own website for their own shop. No, but but, but it's a shop. They just put their shop on Etsy. So they don't sell it online. I told them I had a guy. You tripping. You tripping. I got it. Okay, we just going to go back. I'm going to go back and let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish because you went to Etsy. <laughs> I went to Etsy. But I to, got to some Nigerians in Houston. No, it might <laughs> did be. Did you send your money? It might did be you fun. send your money to a friend? <laughs> to a Nigerian? Oh, to a Nigerian yo, Etsy Nigerian Etsy has a good track record with 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 their services. So I'm 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 gonna see what happens. I'll I'll, I'll update you on that. Uh, but my blackest moment really came the last few days uh well really yesterday uh for those who don't know out there in your blackest hour world we should have like a name for people watch the blackest hour black people we just call them black people regardless mm-hmm. i don't know we gotta come up everyone's black. yeah no because we, we had the mikey's of the world yeah but and, yeah. And black and spirit the... <laughs> black and spirit i don't know that's not all right what do you mean what no <laughs> but black black meaning good what would it be well anyway black anyway so i'm black in spirit but anyway you black in color too nigga. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> okay go ahead finish please sir please finish sir Sorry. so for those out there uh i teach kindergartners i teach i teach the kids and I guess all the parents must have waited to the second weekend to watch Black Panther because all my kids could talk about on Monday was Black Panther this, Black Panther that. I'm like, y'all boy would talk about that last week. Like, I guess y'all parents waited. It's like, and so they was explaining the intricacies of the film to me and their six-year-old brains and how they didn't like evil Black Panther. I'm like, is Killmonger? No, evil Black Panther, the gold one. I'm like, they didn't even get that joke a name. Like, no one had a name as Black Panther. And then Black Panther friends. That's all they knew. And so they're talking about all these things and how they're going to be Black Panther and all this. And then I just sat back and, and thought, man, you're six years old. And even with the seven, eight, nine, and 10 year olds, you lived in a world where it was normal to have a president and to have a mega blockbuster starring nothing but Black people. And I was like, yo, that's kind of had me bugging. Like, this shit is normal for you. And you didn't see the weight your parents 
we're so goddamn like elated and happy like we got to go do it for the culture and everything like that when you're like this is the culture this this is the way it's always been man i think sometimes we take those little things for granted and just being around children on a regular basis i get to appreciate those smaller things the smaller roses of like how dope these past few years have been on a wide brush like if i ignore the the the, the bullshit <laughs> that has happened but as things black people hadn't done beforehand are now happening. Like the fact that a majority black casted movie is going to gross over a billion dollars worldwide. Like you said that about nine years ago, you're like, man, you talking that bullshit. Damn, a billion dollars? A billion? You talking about a billion? So, so question to the, so question mm-hmm. to the, to the co-host, um, what, what he was talking about. Do you think this is the way our parents felt? when we were going to um, white schools and we were integrating schools, like, you know, cause they were the children of integration. And then we like the children of like assimilation, right? So do you think that this is the same way that they felt when they stand back and look with pride? And then like 30 years from now, our children gonna look back and say, that ain't, that wasn't shit. Like we still ain't got no rights. We still get messed over every day. Cause that's what like, now we're, growing into our thirties. And then this next generation is looking like this shit all fucked up. So the kindergartners have to grow to that teenage level, but just a question to the group, as we look at the, as the layers and the, and kind of the historical context and the, the stepping blocks, is this what our parents were saying? And does that allow us to become complacent? And then we get like, the Clinton years and into the Bush years where, you know, we okay, Man. but we just became really docile and complacent. Before, before JB talk, um, I think <laughs> it's just the concept and the ideal that even 30 year old, 20 year olds, even the young kids that I teach, uh, once I have graduated from high school now, cause I've been teaching for a little bit now, the idea of creating your own Wakandas now, I think a lot more things are going to move under the surface than we realize it. Like the powers that be are going to be the powers that be. But I think that, especially here in DC, that economic drivers, that entrepreneurial spirit, that self-determined to be unapologetically black is so strong uh, amongst uh, the kids I'm around. I don't know about the uh, rest of the world. I'm in a bubble. And I, that's why I live in DC because I wanted to be around black people doing black people stuff that these kids are growing up and I was like, nah, man, start the business, start your own airline, start all these great things and build something bigger than we ever imagined. And I think that's what those kids are going to come into. I think like we can be president, bro. We can start, we can have our own country control our own resources. And I think even some African nations, when they saw the movie, it was like, you're right. We sit on all the gold, all the cobalt, all the iridium, all the kind of stuff that you need that we end up shipping to China to make these products and saying, hey, wait a minute, let's control our own damn destinies because we are the cradle of civilization. Fuck all that colonization shit that has affected us. Let's let's build without them because we actually have the chance to control all of it because we're sitting on top of it. Tag me in, Coach, I'm ready. Yeah, it's your world. It's your world. It's your world. We waiting on you. 
So I think that I I don't think that children nowadays, or at least the children, so maybe the children that are born, like the six-year-olds, five-year-olds and stuff like that, for those kids might maybe be, (laughs) might maybe be in in, in the process of radicalization or whatever, but the children of these Black Lives Matter activists, like those those kids, they gonna turn the world on its head, and I'm very excited for that. So I do think that we're in this limbo space of, you know, we're in that period of organizing grassroots efforts and being able to see how our parents and their generation dropped the whole entire fucking ball in regards to furthering black cause because we wanted to be accepted by whiteness like explicitly so that was the goal like i went to a predominantly white uh grade school preschool middle school high school and then took my ass to a predominantly white college because that was what i was supposed to do right that was how i was going to get ahead instead of now you see uh, black people setting up homeschool systems and networks to be able to raise and rear their children in a black ecosystem, which I think like, so these new babies, they are about to be like hella fire. And I do think that we are excited for them, but I think it's appropriate to be excited about these little kids that can see representation and then also understand, like have a group of people both both who've matriculated through college and then those who are not necessarily college bound or will ever be college bound, but but are aware of the geopolitical status because we have things like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook where these discourses can take place, whereas our parents didn't have those things. So if they didn't go to a community meeting, if they didn't set up some organizing efforts and stuff like that, those conversations just typically got had at the dinner table, right? And so I'm very excited for that. I do um, think that African nations, to be honest, I mean, they, you know, they kill, they kill our leaders that think that way. African nation, nation leaders. So Patrice, uh, Gaddafi, who else they out here killing? Or they just be, or they're like, you know, they sit in some agents to, um, in Zimbabwe, they, uh, de- they dethroned their president because he was, he was at the president in perpetuity. But they, but they started, they got mad at him when he was like, okay, all white people here um, who own land, we snatching that shit back and we're going to redistribute it to Africans. Um, and the, getting, the president of South Africa. They're getting ready to do the same thing in South Africa, too. In South it's Africa, yes. So he's doing the same thing right now as the president. It's going to be very interesting to see how long they're going to let him sit for before they topple him uh, and, then, and then make sure they redistribute that to white people. So it's, I, I really do hope that uh, African and Black people, well, Black people are African, that people along the diaspora can insulate themselves from these, this type of, you know, just have a bigger conversation about what it means to have your power disrupted whenever you challenge whiteness. And if their power is being disrupted, as soon as you start to challenge whiteness, like, I mean, they literally popped Gaddafi when he started talking about centralizing the African bank and making the African version of the euro. They did not give a fuck about him before then. 
when he was like that and we're going to have our own cell towers and not have to pay um, these colonizers for using our own resources of our own land, they popped this man. The man that they propped up in the first place. I mean, they gave him the power and the money and the stuff to do it. So anyways, I hope that African nations feel empowered just as much as African descendants of the diaspora um, by the movie. And it's, it's a funny thing that something as simple as a, a fictional character in a fictional setting can inspire so many people to demand more for themselves. And that's why I'm saying I'm super excited about that, to be honest. I mean, so wait, so let me let me jump in on a quasi devil's advocate. So I grew up and my mom is very pro-movement. Um, my aunt's very, very much, my aunts and uncles very much like revolutionary members, national presidents of NCOBRA, which is National Coalition of Blacks for Represent America for years. Um, my uncle, uh, Imari Obadeli, uh, free to land, rest in peace, um, involved in the armed struggle with, with cops in Mississippi. And so I think that there are pockets of, of Black kids who have always had that exposure, right? But it's never translated into something like some kind of way whiteness intervenes or assimilation intervenes or or something happens. Because I, I remember doing a, in high school, I remember doing a, a report on, on Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, you know, Abraham Lincoln wasn't a great emancipator. And like the black kids was like, holy, like we knew this, but we didn't think nobody was going to say it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, right. They was like, like they looking at me, they looking at the teacher, they looking at me, they looking at the teacher, like, like what, what is really about to go down? And so I feel like there's always been these times of, like, I feel like the seeds of revolution have always been passed down, but it's always been a 10% or 20% of, of, of Black folks. So yeah, I was super energized and encouraged just like everybody else with this Black Lives Matter movement and the, the way that you kind of took off and, and really led that movement. But now I'm, I'm watching this Florida, and, and this is another thing that I really wanted to get into. So I'm watching these Florida kids, right? And I'm watching these Florida kids basically get elevated on this pedestal about how they're about to change the world for guns and all this other stuff. And I'm side-eyeing the, I'm side the hell out of, out of folks like, wait a minute, they have been having black kids that's been advocating for this to get guns out of their communities, to get guns out of their schools, to get guns out of their, out of their neighborhoods, to get guns out of the, out of the country, to stop the unarmed killing of, of I mean, the killing of unarmed black people by people with guns. So like they didn't have all this going on and white people chose not to elevate those voices. And then yeah. white people elevate the voices of these uh, high school uh, kids. Man, in the, in the mortal words of the great, late great Michael Jackson, all I want to say is that they don't really care about us. But, but here's the thing. But they're showing that they care about the issues. Nah. But it's not. But they only care, they about, don't care about the issues. In the context of whiteness. Right. It's not, so, it's not even money thing. The, it, I think it is a money thing. So, and and not to, and again, I hate that the 
aren't people that are taking the NRA to task are like white people that benefit from it because the NRA has never given a fuck about black people or anything even remotely close to a black Shout person, out right? Pastor, yeah. yeah, like the fact that NRA is suggesting that we should be arming fucking teachers and stuff like that is out and preposterous. But then when the NRA clubs back and like, y'all just love this shit. Y'all eat it up. Y'all love seeing white mamas cry on TV and, and white babies cry on TV talking about we deserve American freedoms. And it's fucking true. So they're elevating this at, they're using their platform to elevate this because it's ratings fucking gold. Because white people in mass will come and turn into tragedy porn to to feel something about something but they don't feel like they don't humanize black people the same fucking way so they weren't like tears shed in mass for philando they weren't tears shed for really mass for tamir for sandra for rakia none of that shit none of that shit none of that and one I want to be super clear about what happens when they enforce stricter regulations for anything minorities get it the fucking worse. So crazy yep. white people still have fucking guns. They're going to try and take my AR and I want my AR. It's real talk. You got an AR? I do. Colt. Why? Why? Why are we up on this arm struggle thing? Look, hey, Mr. Brown, scared of you. Like he's no, no, scared. I'm not scared. I'm like, one, I don't got seven hundred dollars because we have looked up the price. Man, look, for the AR look we looked I said, up the price. I said, I said, <laughs> AR fifteen offer upper middle class black folks to to the at to, best, right? At best, because they know middle class I mean, black you folks can, making you can that build house. one. Look, you can build look, one. Sally May, my Sally May bill is seven hundred dollars a month. <laughs> I can't get no AR-15. Because right now, Sally Mae is my hair. Sally Mae take my AR-15 uh, money every month. Oh, no. No, since I mean, ain't no you, scared, I'm thinking, <laughs> how you put that money aside? Like, you know what I'm doing with this $700? I'm going to buy this AR-15 with this $700. And I'm thinking, that, man, if I get like an extra $700, I'm going to get a new, like, badass tattoo. I'm going to have this whole shit. I'm like, Priorities, You're not thinking about the revolution, man. I ain't thinking about the revolution. You, but You're not, right. Gun, well, one, gun, one, yes. You know, you don't think twice about knocking out my door if you know I have a chrome barrel line motherfucking Colt AR motherfucking gun. I will punch a hole through you. One. Two, um, guns are forever. So kids, my niece, whatever, like I have a, it's a really good gun. It's an investment. And if I ever want to resell it, I can. And then three, oh, I believe oh my God. that. <laughs> I've never heard someone talk about guns as an investment. investment property. My God. It's like an investment. It's like stocks. It's like, it is an investment. it's like a couple of shares of Microsoft. My God. But eventually they're going to slow down on the legal creation of AR-15. And a high power assault. It shouldn't be something produced in mass. So what I'll have is something that will, in theory, increase in value as it decreases in access. Now, am I going to sell this? No. I'm going to keep it and the bullets for it. Um, but no, that does you not. Got, you got hollow tips. 
Okay, this is not a gun show. This is not the gun show. This is not the gun show. I don't need you. I really just thought you were about to reach down and pull it out. Like, please don't reach down and pull out. I almost thought that was about to happen. I literally thought you were about to pull it out and just be like, like out of my cold dead my cold dead black black hands. Take my goddamn gun. Like, nah, like, no, like, about. A year ago, we did discuss when the NRA didn't support Orlando because uh, we were going to get guns joined. Very funny acronym for the National African American Gun Association. Sounds so close to that other word. I was like, you part of NAG? Yeah, I'm a part of NAG. <laughs> like, I'm about to join this joint. And then uh, watch me join. It was like, that's not how we pronounce it, bro. It's like NAAGA. <laughs> we don't pronounce it NAGA at all. <laughs> like, but like, my birthday, uh, Pisces returned. Like, I wanted to go to a gun range. I wanted to, like, get practicing because uh, it's a part of my God, con- God-given constitutional right. That I, I'm able to get a, a, a gun and be able to, to participate fully in this thing that white people have been doing for years, I, even though I know that will get my black ass killed. And I, I mean, so. so you just elevated your level of so it's fifty fifty on a traffic stop right now. <laughs> if you are carrying a, a weapon that you're legally, I'm gonna put your chances at dying at ninety percent to ten percent because I don't know many in this climate that walk away from a traffic stop. I wasn't going to carry it in the car. Okay. I, I carry it in the car, but I'm not telling no fucking cop when I get pulled over. Like, you're going to have to, okay, you pull, you need me to get out the car. Once I'm outside of the car to show you whatever the fuck I need to show you, then I'm going to be like, there's a gun in the car and it's legally allowed to be there. But I'm not fucking telling no fucking cop that I just not, like, yeah, I'm not, not going to get you. You're not even asking. You're not even saying, Look, cut your body camera off. I'm about to cut this. I'm about to tell you something, and I need to cut this video yeah. off for when yeah. I die. I'm going to be like, out, once I'm outside the fucking car, I will, will gladly disclose. Now, if you need me to fucking, you know, if you're detaining me and now you have to tell my car, there's a gun in the car. Otherwise, you don't fucking need to know that shit. Just like I'm not going to hand some stranger in the club my drink and be like, can you wash this for me? I don't trust you, nigga. Ain't no fucking way. Being that I just got roofied in the club not too long ago. That was your fault. That was not my fault. We can't even talk about that. That was was your man. I'm just glad I have family members there. I could have been some I could have been some white man's object that night. Man, the thing I've been really like grappling, and I'm gonna pose it to you guys, um, is one why are white people so upset with the government? Because I started thinking, like, were you put in internment camps? And I don't realize, were you forced to make railroads? Oh, were you segregated by class and not be able to go to schools? Oh, were you forced to do labor for, like, rich landowners for years and years and years? Why the hell are you upset with the government? What the fuck has the government stole from you that you, like, Man, if the revolution comes, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fight back against the government. And I'm like, if the government really want to take your shit, America's the most well-funded defense 
organization in the goddamn world. You don't think if they want to come with the full force and mighty that they have that you you gonna stand up against them, random guy with a, a, a treasure trove of guns? You don't think they got special guns and drones that can wipe you off the planet Earth in one swoop? Like, get out of here with that noise. Like, what? why are you so upset with the government? What have they done to you? Because I don't remember them destroying your whole neighborhood to put an interstate system or a bridge. They do that to us. I can see people, Mexicans, Indians, Native Americans, uh, Asians being upset with the government because we've been fucked over 12 ways to Sunday. But you poor white man, how has the government fucked you over in ways that, that have affected you generationally that has now seen aspects of trauma in your DNA? That's all I'm saying. Here's the here's the thing. White people need enemies. Like white people need like enemies. Like they can't operate without having enemies. So whether it's the government, minorities. And and white people need to have this uh, us against the world type um, scenario that that goes on. Like white people want to be in the center. White people want to center themselves. In. So if you look at how white people center themselves in everything, then everything is a threat. Hmm. Like everything is a threat. So that that's that's how they that's the modus operation. So government's a threat. Uh, minorities are a threat. Uh, have the uh, technology is a threat. Uh, JB, yeah, well, I'm gonna share with you. I'm gonna share with you my theory about white people, why white people do what the hell they you're do. You're not gonna let her talk. You're not gonna let her. No, no, no. Huh? You think that you think the aliens? aliens? No, yes. they're not I aliens. I have, <laughs> I, have about, I have a theory about white a theory. people, Jesus Christ. I have a theory about a couple. <laughs> Wait a minute. I got a theory. Yeah, I, yeah. Wanna, Wait, all right, all right, I got right. theories about white people, Jesus Christ, and they all are uh, they all are alien type theories. No, 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 this this is my this is my thing. I'm gonna pull the JP because like like KB K Peter has heard this theory before, and why white people do what they do is like you no, know, every human started in Africa. That's undisputable proof at this point. And so you migrate out of um Africa and you're going to Europe to a much harsher environment. And I believe that harsher environment, which also made them very lighter because they had to cover their skin all the time. It was so damn cold. So their skin got lighter to get more sun because they wasn't, they needed all the sun exposure that they could possibly get. No, that's History Channel. This ain't me making up shit. This is me watching History Channel and Discovery Channel. Still with black uh, people first, though. Yeah, yeah. Start with black people because you your skin is exposed all the time. You need to block some of that sun and shit. But when you out in that that's cold, you need much works. fucking sun. But no, no, that's what they said why they're lighter skin because the weather was colder. That eventually those who survived a lot more were the ones yes. who were lighter skin to get more how sun. Evolution, uh, yes. That's how evolution works. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my my thoughts was when you're in a harsher environment, that you always have to fight, kill, or steal for resources on a regular basis in order to survive. And it shows how when you look around that on a regular basis, when you see some people in Africa who was like, nah, we living good. We got fruit on the tree. Like, I'm, I'm I'm, straight. Like, I got animals. I don't have to fight, kill, and steal to buy my shit. Like, I can actually work with the fellow tribesmen 
to do that. And white people say, nah, bro, that ain't how it works where I'm from. You got to kill people to get what you need and what you want and make some more conquering that are like, let me cooperate. Because my, my professor in African history, when I was in college, it was like, why did we want to go to Asia or Europe or North America or South America? Like, we went there to visit and be like, all right, that was fun. And we came back because it's Africa. We got everything we need right here. We got oil. We got gold. We got silver. We got farmland. We got food. We don't need to go to any of these other places. Why Europe, they freaking took all their own trees away. Like, they even needed trees. They went to America. It was like, holy shit, look at all this forest. We can make billions off this wood alone. They weren't even thinking about the gold after a while and the fur. And that's just my theory of, like, that your, environment. Your long, elaborate theory. Oh, it's long and elaborate. I can't <laughs> wait to be an old-ass man and tell long-winded ass stories. I will not bring my kids around. <laughs> Oh, oh, not bring my kids and oh, my grandkids around. Oh, oh, cousin, to him. Wait, JB, your thoughts on all of this foolishness? I'm gonna go. White people are aliens, but I'll let you go. I'm gonna. That's a short okay. version. So I think that I do think they're aliens, but look, and not like not immigrant aliens, but like you're a humanoid, other otherling from another planet. But anyway, so I um no, I think. I think that maybe they were expelled from Africa because these things that you're speaking of, like them and maybe, um, so there are two factions that I think of when I think of systemic oppression and who have taken a heightened interest in oppressing Black people, and I think of Arabs, and I think of white people, right? So the people who, yeah, the people who propagated the slave trade, who believe in colonizing Africa and then becoming Africans themselves, um, who like do this rewriting history where all of a sudden like the ancient like combatants like Sudan and stuff like that all of a sudden they're they were Arab when they were you know really black and like Jesus being if Jesus was a real human being for real was black and real like so I think that maybe they were expelled out of Africa like y'all gotta get the fuck up out of here y'all on some treacherous shit um and now there's just some global order that will never ever fucking forgive us right they're just like all y'all gotta fucking pay because y'all kicked us out of africa which it speaks to your theory my theory is these motherfuckers are aliens the sun hates their ass just look like earth right like all of us are the color of some earth some part of earth there's dirt that look like me dirt that look like you dirt that look dirt that look like natives like there's red dirt, black dirt, brown dirt. Like you look like you came from the earth. Like you blooms from the fucking earth, and we thrive in the sun, right? These motherfuckers get like their skin gets to bubbling and cracking and peeling off in the sun. Like they don't look like nothing that came from the earth. They look like I mean they look like you know lobsters essentially in the sun. Like it just don't make sense. And I just you know I got a little, you know I got a little European. In or whatever. I'm not going to discount that. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Well, well. But they. J. J. Aliens. 
I can't wait to cut this part of the video. Like, I'm just going to cut this, and this is going to be like a promo video. This is white people are aliens. Yo, yo, JBZ. I think we need to go ahead and write that screenplay about the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, I was like, this shit got intrigue. Like, no, you're not one of us. You're not one of us. You have to go. <laughs> I can just see that. I can just see the African expelling them. No, like, no, no, no. They're coming down. And they like. Got to integrate into the people. And then they all of a sudden, like, nah. The sun. <laughs> no. Why are you trying to take shit all the time? We shared shit with you. You trying to take shit all the time? Nah, you got to leave. And, and, and then they, millennium they, later. They hit us with them. Revenge. Where, <laughs> yes. Until you do rap on me, everything you lay your eyeball, brother. Like they've just been fucking us ever since. Like y'all kicked us it's out. Like damn. Okay. It, it, it got me what? I'll let y'all let this spiral out of control. <laughs> Once no, it, you, no you got to have that one character was like, I told y'all not to kick him out. I told y'all to just work with him. It'll be okay. Just work with him, and it was going to be all right. But no, y'all was like, they got to go. And I don't know why y'all did that. And be like, nigga, shut up. <laughs> cool. And that's what you guys said. Mush him like President Obama mushed you. Ugh. You want to do your blackest moment? That's <laughs> <laughs> not funny. So you had a pretty good black woman too, man. You gonna say that for next week? Nah, I mean, I wanna, I, I do wanna, you know, we try to be respectful of people's times around here, a time around here, because you know we can sit around and shoot the shit forever. But I had a Lyft driver. Where is that coming from? DC, probably. Yeah, I was coming from. Oh, I was coming from the barbershop, actually, and uh, had a Lyft driver. Shout out to Lil, because I've been getting 50% off my rides for like the last month or something like that. So I, I don't know what I did that. I don't know what I did to activate. Activate. They just uh, get, me 50% I've been off. I've been getting discounts for Uber too. So uh, look, let me just, let me not hate on my blessing. However, I was in the Lyft ride and true to form, I just an old white guy, you know, just talking about the economy and and you can't live in D.C. and not talk and get around, get around the politics talk. So, so my old Trump supporter. And so he's like, how about that guy, Trump? He's a Trump supporter? Oh, he was a Trump supporter. This is an old white guy. And I was like, yeah, not working out too well for the country. So we got into a great dialogue and exchange about um, being a Trump supporter why you shouldn't and he hit me with the he hit me with the black unemployment rates are at an all-time low and i'm like you've been tracking black unemployment rates like you sir have had your finger on the pulse on the budget to be tracking these unemployment rates because he's telling me trump has done amazing things for black people and i'm like nah not really no i was like in what regards? <laughs> I was like, as a as a as a business owner, my business is too small to benefit from from Trump tax credit type stuff. My business is too small, so I'm not. I'm actually gonna get like robbed on that. As a as a black person, I'm looking at it from the fact that 
like, yo, he's a, a bigot, a racist, and he is irreparably damaging the rep- rep- the reputations of all people America, because we bro. still have to identify as black African American and so that American is 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 attached to you because you can't get away from it, right? So that that makes us all look stupid and he makes us all look stupid. So we are having this back and forth dialogue. And you know, he was telling me, well, I don't watch Fox News. And I was like, well, the only way you would be citing <laughs> job stats for African Americans that are wrong is if you were watching Fox News. Boy, I wish I was in that fucking back seat with you. I all we, all we went, I I took him to I took him to task. And in the and so we he drops me off and he's like, I want to smoke a cigarette and keep talking to you. So we're outside of my the crib. And we are talking politics outside of the crib for a good 10 minutes. And finally, he was like, man, thank you so much for the information. And like, just hearing it from a black person made, made a world of difference. So hopefully, um, what's his name, Jim, James, something like that. But in, so after I gave him a one star rating on Lyft, in the comments, I put the link. And you should. I'll put the links to all of the black unemployment rates and all that stuff so he can get the comment and click the links. So I was like, hey, here's all the things that you need to know about black people before you say black people have done well under Donald Trump. And I left that there. Well, fuck, black people haven't done well under Donald fucking Trump. This nigga still driving fucking Uber. What the fuck hey, are you talking he- about, dude? Hey, he he believes it. He believes in in Trump being a business owner. And I'm like, yo, that's shady business. I was like, people don't like working. I was like, people don't like working for Donald Trump. Like, he's not one of these transformative leaders in industry where you're like, damn, every day I go work for Donald Trump, like I'm I feel like I'm smarter. So yeah, we had those conversations and if it takes one white person out of time, I don't have the I don't have the emotional currency. <laughs> I don't have the I don't have the energy. I don't have the strength. Mm-mm. And I just realized white people gonna believe whatever white people tell them. No matter how much a black person says, like is he that black people are doing so much better under Donald Trump. And I'm like, you do realize I'm black. Like, like <laughs> step one, I'm black. I would have hit. Step I, I, two, I would have hit him with the, what the fuck that gotta do with me so fast. What the fuck that gotta do with me, sir? Step two, I'm gonna Burn give back. you the experience of black because maybe he just needed to know. And I, I'm a, I, I'm a chatty Cathy when it comes to Ubers and Lyfts, so I appreciate the the dialogue. There was an Asian woman who was sharing the ride with me, <laughs> and she bailed out that she bailed out that Lyft so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't want no part of this guy <laughs> because Asian people on that, yeah. like they they can they can really code. Man, you you made a lot of Uber, Lyft, and and conversations comfortable for me. I'm like, oh. damn, you don't <laughs> gotta go so hard, bro. Let we just sit back here and be quiet. No, nah, that was just that. 
trying to do is blasting that gospel music. And I'm like, bruh, everybody don't like gospel music, especially the white people kind. I hate white people gospel music. Like, give me some Mahalia Jackson, some soul. But, but, you, this. But, but, but you could have just said, like, bro, oh, can we listen to another station? But you took it and took to the whole another level. I like, was preparing him for the next black person who don't like that white people bullshit gospel music. That, oh, that, we did. That, 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 I hate that, that, that shit. Hey, hey, that's why your Uber rating is lower than mine. My Uber rating is 4.8. Oh, you built it up. Yeah, my Uber rating is 4.8. No, it was, it was a 4.6. No, it was, was 4.4. It's up to 4.8. My Uber <laughs> drivers love the knowledge I drop on them. Okay, okay. I give them tips to be better Uber drivers. You, you, you built it up. Good for you, bro. What, what else y'all got? We, we no, 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 no. We got? ended with your blackest hour. That's we, we, we good. Your that was my moment. blackest moment. Blackest moment, yeah. Oh my. So to all black. you Uber and Lyft drivers, let it be known. You're not going to come at me with no foolishness because yeah. I'm paying you for a service. Yeah. So if I don't want to oh. listen to shitty gospel music, I'm not going to listen to shitty gospel music. I have this on, in my predominantly black area, all my Uber drivers just be African. I ain't going to lie. Just be African or... Pakistani or Afghani or something like that. Lately, a lot of my Uber drivers have been white. And I'm like, this economy must be trash right now, bro. Like, what the hell? All these white drivers around this area and all my white Uber drivers be out on this rap music. I'm not saying I don't like rap music, but I don't like you assuming I like rap music. And the last three, have you, have you seen Black Panther? I'll wait until <laughs> you see. It. Yeah, I seen Black Panther three times. Email alone. What you want me to say about it? Like, the economy must be shit because a lot more white Uber drivers in DC. That's all I'm gonna say. Heard it here. That's an indicator. That's an indicator. Donald Trump ain't making America great again. <laughs> this is your blackest out. No, anything. No, I no. You can't. You can't not let JB say. If she has something to say, why are you just, man, you you wrong for that. There you go, silencing the voices of black women. Silencing the voices of black women once again. Damn. Yeah, I just be like over talking people. White, there's white, white Uber drivers in your neighborhood because of gentrification, but that's just me. Uh, and this is JB and that's your blackest fucking hour. The, the blackest hour on the net. I'm Mr. Brown. We already heard from JB. I'm KP. We'll see y'all next Tuesday. Hey, follow us on Facebook at Your Blackest Hour, on Instagram at Your Blackest Hour, on Twitter at Your Blackest HR, and visit us on the website, yourblackesthour.com. We'll see y'all next Tuesday. Same time, same place. Keep your blackness on the swivel. And, 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 and as JB would say, renew your black card. Every day. Every every day. day. Every day. I, I need to work on a catchphrase. <laughs>